0: Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at @LivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. On tonight's episode, we are going to be focusing on Winnipeg versus Edmonton, which is uh, currently underway right now this Saturday. You'll be hearing this on Monday, so you'll probably have seen the scoreline, but if you didn't watch the game, we're going to walk through it, talk about this very new look Edmonton Oilers team. I actually would say that they're impressive. Uh, You know, we're used to the Oilers being maybe a bit of a laughingstock, but under new head coach Jay Woodcroft, this team seemingly has a very different feel, and folks, this squad might be for real. We'll talk about what exactly the Oilers and Jets were able to accomplish in this game and whether or not Winnipeg, um, after a bit of a slower start, was able to come out of the gates and have a comeback resurgence. All this and more on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello friends and welcome to tonight's show. We are uh, kicking us off with Winnipeg versus Edmonton. We actually have an afternoon game, so it's a little bit earlier um, for those of you on the weekend who are hoping to have a free evening. Well, if you were watching this game, you probably got off a little bit earlier and shut the TV off because Winnipeg in the first period, not so good. Not so good indeed. First couple of minutes weren't that bad though. I mean, You know, the the Jets and the Oilers were trading some counters. Both teams had a couple of decent scoring opportunities. And things seemed okay enough. And then, you know, the Jets took an early penalty. I think it might have been Toninato with a bit of a careless one. And, uh, yeah, not so great. You know, the Jets gave up a nasty little long-range point shot that deflected in front of Hellebuck. And uh, Edmonton, from then on, basically took control of the period. And what was really disappointing was, you know... The Jets actually had a couple of, couple of power play opportunities, including a 5-on-3. And the 5-on-3, I don't think, generated any real shots on goal. So, if you have a team like the Jets, and you're playing a team like the Oilers, who literally live off the counter and are extremely fast, have the skill to pressure you in almost every area once you're inside your own defensive zone, then, you know, you need a lot of mobility, you need skill, and tonight's lineup didn't really reflect that. Some of it, you know, you really can't help because there are some injuries and stuff, but, you know, we're seeing Logan Stanley with Nate Schmidt. That pairing has been atrocious the entire time, and I don't really know why Vili Heinola was healthy scratched. I get that Heinola isn't exactly, you know, the most defensively resolute player, um, you know, especially with the lack of physicality and stuff, but that's not really his game the whole point of why you bring him in is because he can move the puck quickly. He makes an excellent first pass under pressure and he cycles it rapidly especially to get it to other outlets and keep breakouts uh, moving outside of the defensive zone. So against a team like Edmonton, Heinola's skill set's kind of crucial. And then, you know, the the lineup itself was just okay. I feel like Zvechnikov probably should have been put back with uh you know, both Connor and Dubois instead we had best line in there which you know, I, I like Veselainen. I think that he's been a solid depth player, but if you're looking to get an offensive spark back, especially without Perfetti, then put the guy up there who was actually doing well before all of this kind of changed, right? So, you know, at the end of the first period, Winnipeg just didn't really seem like it had it. You know, they were down one nothing. It could have been a lot more. I mean, they were getting outshot like 15-6 to or something like that, and I, I just didn't really have great vibes with the overall feeling of this of this game. You know, this Oilers team, I believe was 4-0 under the new head coach, Jay Woodcroft has uh, seemingly made a couple of really good adjustments, especially in more balancing the lineup. You know, Edmonton's depth players aren't all that great to be honest, but at the very uh, you know, minimum what you're wanting to do here is give McDavid and Drysdale more rest. If you kind of ease up on the deployments a bit and sort of spread the wealth, you're going to get more out of McDavid because he's not playing like 40 minutes a night. Keeping it more like 25-ish minutes, uh, you know, those extra few breaks on on some of his shifts gives him a little bit more breakout speed, allows him to get um, a little bit more jump in his next one. And honestly, I think it did make a difference in tonight's game. Uh, McDavid seemed like he was just effortlessly blowing by Jets players left and right. And it's not because Winnipeg was marking him particularly well. You know, he did actually have space to work with, but I still felt like his speed and his relative ease with which he was kind of cutting through jet skaters, maybe those extra few shifts off really do make a difference. I don't know. But whatever the case may be, I, you know, Winnipeg in that first period, I, I wasn't really happy with. I felt like the lack of speed was very much exposed. And it's just a good reminder of why, you know, despite a couple of wins in their past couple of games, the Jets are still sellers. I think some people are maybe getting some false optimism and hope, but if you're being realistic and honest, you already know that the season's over. This team is just not good enough, and if they were to have to go against Edmonton in the postseason again, it's not going to be like it was last year. This Oilers team, with the way that they're coached, the way that they're being deployed, they just seem like a different breed than what we're used to. Like, this is how the Oilers should be playing. I thought Edmonton defended their own slot well, they forced Winnipeg out wide, and then on the counters, they were super dangerous. Anytime McDavid was on the ice, the Jets were just completely helpless, and even some of the guys like Drysidle and and, uh, Yamamoto and some of the other players, they were having a tangible impact. Now, the depth players for Edmonton didn't really do a lot, but, you know, in this case, You just need them to kind of eat up a couple of shifts and uh, rest McDavid without giving too much up. And in that respect, they did exactly what they needed to. And uh, just like that, you know, they were up. They probably could have been up 3-0 by the end of the first. And I don't really know that any Jets fans could complain about the scoreline other than being kind of pissed at the Jets' effort. So, you know, we've got two periods left. We're going to find out if the Jets can actually rally back and show us a little bit more fight. Or if, like we all kind of expect, Edmonton's just going to finish them off and that's going to be it. We'll see if Winnipeg can really surprise me and turn things around, but before we do, I thought I'd tell you a little bit about why Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market and can help you keep up with those pesky New Year's resolutions. It's the New Year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar in your New Year's plans. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. Bilt Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Bilt Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie laden, super sugary foods that you can replace with built bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the built way. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Jets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day. Also be sure to check out Locked on NHL as they are wrapping up their special coverage of the Olympics in which we are uh, basically over with the tournaments. But you know, if you missed any of the coverage from Beijing, I highly recommend that you check them out and you can find them on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Just like Locked on Jets, it's free to follow and subscribe. So be sure to check out Locked on NHL right now. Continuing on with this episode of Locked on Jets, we're taking a look at uh, the rest of Edmonton versus Winnipeg. We just finished the second period, and if you were hoping for the Jets to come back in this one, yikes. Uh, I'm not going to really sugarcoat this. Winnipeg just kind of sucked. And I think it's important to be honest about how this team's performance has been, because, you know, a lot of folks, I think they want to be patient. They always say, oh, you know, the the Jets are going to recover, things are going to be fine. But we've been through the same song and dance for years, right? So let's just be honest. I think Winnipeg, it is what it is, and I think the the game against the Oilers is kind of exposing a lot of this team's particular flaws, both tactically and uh, roster-wise. I think that there's stuff with the Jets that fundamentally they're not going to be able to surmount, um, not even next season most likely, unless like a massive change occurs, right? So in the second period, Winnipeg kind of... At least they got a few more shots on goal, is what I'll say. But for the most part, Edmonton's counter and stuff remained really dangerous. Um, Edmonton off the rush, especially when McDavid was on the ice, immediately put the Jets under pressure. And I felt like this whole man-zone hybrid thing where the Jets try and change off player assignments, it doesn't really work because as soon as guys drop out of man coverage and switch to zone, you're supposed to have players... Uh, change assignments, and rotate very smoothly. But we all know that the Jets' defensive IQ isn't exactly high enough to make that a reality. Oftentimes, guys kind of look around. They're talking to each other. They don't really know what's going on. And I think one of the best illustrations of this was when there was a four-on-four four and Pionk and Schmidt were playing together on the ice. Um, and Schmidt was trying to pressure a puck carrier after I think Pionk had let his assignment go. Uh, Drysidle was carrying around towards the other side of the ice from behind the net, and McDavid drifted over into the left faceoff circle, which is, you know, when you're watching it, it looks like he's on the right side. He was completely unmarked. And the whole change off here was Schmidt then pressured Dreisaitl exiting onto the right faceoff circle. Pionk was supposed to keep marking McDavid, uh, but there were There was like a miscommunication in the change-off or something, and so Pionk never really adjusted, and you saw Dreisaitl hit McDavid with an easy, easy cross-slot pass, and just like that, you know, the Jets added another goal against. And sure, you can blame Hellebuck for a little bit of a softie, but the reality is the coverage was just piss poor, and if you're going to have that happen, you know, you really can't get too upset if McDavid scores a squeaker through your goalie. You have to give your netminder some kind of defensive protection because there are certain angles that Hellebuck does struggle with. And against McDavid, you know, he's kind of been a little bit of a sieve. And it's hard to get that mad. I mean, McDavid kind of does this to everyone, to be honest. But it just shows that this whole man-zone hybrid thing that Huddy and the rest of the coaching staff keeps riding makes no sense for this team. And it's really frustrating. I mean, they've gone through it for years. It doesn't make sense. And no matter who seems to be the head coach it doesn't appear to be changing. So this is why I continue to advocate for the entire coaching staff to have a changeover once the offseason approaches. I don't really feel like anyone's job in particular should be safe with how poor this team is. Aside from that, you know, there was one other goal against. This one was pretty bad too, to be honest. It was another McDavid rush. He had a hand on almost every single goal tonight. And, you know, this one was for Kyler Yamamoto. Initially, Stastny had chased Yamamoto effectively enough. Um, even Shifley was trying to get into McDavid's back and kind of throw him off balance. But of course, McDavid still got the pass off. Yamamoto initially had the pressure from Stastny tied up. But then, you know, Stastny sort of backed off. Yamamoto collected a rebound off of Hellebuck and then just like backhanded it over Hellebuck's shoulder. And, you know, Winnipeg is now down. Uh, initially, this was 2-0. The McDavid goal came after that. But, you know, you end the third period, and it's like 3-0, and you sort of ask yourself, what exactly is Winnipeg's tactical approach here? If you're just trying to survive and hope that Hellbuck carries you against this Oilers team, you're going to be in a lot of trouble, and I feel like Winnipeg just had no answer for any of these odd-man rushes, or just Edmonton's rush in general. The counters were always dangerous, the Jets always looked disorganized, guys were missing assignments left and right, and uh, Edmonton really took control. And that second period, especially towards the latter half of it, the Jets really had no shots on goal. They weren't creating many chances. This might honestly have been some of Koskinen's easiest work over the last few weeks. So it's just, for me, it's very frustrating to watch. Um, We've seen this happen with this team many a time before. Past couple of years, they were basically playing at like a lottery pick kind of level. So is anyone really surprised? No. I think my only goal now is just to sort of hope that the Jets have um, enough wherewithal to recognize that come trade deadline, it is time to sell. Don't even bother looking for rentals. You know, let some guys go who probably should be seeking opportunities elsewhere and can really show their quality for an actual contender. Start to evaluate some of your kids and go from there. I mean, it's the same thing I've said throughout a number of points in this season. You know, the Jets are what they are. It's not going to change and so I'm just ready for uh, whatever the summer may bring. I hope it brings change. I don't know that it will, um, but at least for tonight's game, there's still one more period. We'll see how the Jets handle. I I would appreciate at least not getting shut out. I think that's the main goal for this game that I'm hoping uh, comes true. Maybe one for Veselainen or Zvechnikov, something to show the coaching staff why you should be rewarding some of your younger kids and putting them in positions to succeed. Uh, But uh, other than that, I'm not really expecting a win. So we'll find out how the Jets do in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I did want to tell you a little bit about why BetOnline.net should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs, especially as we start the NHL's march to the playoffs. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vesna Trophy? Log into BetOnline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with BetOnline.net right now. Start winning today, because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hey friends and welcome back to this uh closing segment of tonight's Locked On Jets podcast. We are wrapping up our thoughts on Edmonton versus Winnipeg, and after a very crappy first two periods, I wasn't really sure what to expect from period number three. I wasn't really looking for a lot other than please just don't get shut out. And uh the Jets for the first ten minutes or so, yeah, not great. Um Edmonton was still very much in control. The oilers had a, a power play or two, and honestly. I thought Winnipeg might be kind of cooked, kind of toast. But then on one of the power plays, the Jets actually had a couple of breakaways, if you can believe it, and you won't guess who actually had them. Uh, the first was Brendan Dillon, somehow. He kind of strolled through the neutral zone and sort of thundered between Edmonton defenders. I have no idea why he was up that high in the defensive zone, but whatever. Had a breakaway, didn't actually get a shot off. He tried to deke and fake out uh, Miko Koskinen, but it didn't really work. And then like 30 seconds later, Adam Lowry did basically the same thing and tried his patented uh, failure uh, breakaway move that he tries to go between the five hole for, you know, some highlight reel goal. This one only worked because it somehow got through Koskinen's pads as he slid into the net, which was really funny to watch. Uh, It wasn't the prettiest finish of Lowry's career, but at that point, you're not really looking for class or elegance. You just want to force the puck home and hope for the best. And after that, the Jets started to come to life. Winnipeg was very active. They were aggressive. The Jets earned a power play, and Kyle Connor notched another goal in his excellent season so far. Um, And then towards the end of the game, Winnipeg actually had uh, another power play. And during the whole sequence, there actually should have been an additional call because both Shifley and Morrissey got tripped by Zach Hyman, but somehow because the call wasn't initially made, And Morrissey slashed the stick out of Hyman's hands in the uh, ensuing chaos of all of it. It ended up being an offsetting penalty, so the Jets were still on the power play, but it wasn't a 5-on-3, which for me is just very confusing. Uh, It it should have been a clear extra penalty awarded to the Oilers, but somehow the Jets kind of got screwed. Either way, though, Edmonton ended up adding the empty net goal to make it 4-2, to and Winnipeg fell in regulation, so no overtime antics this time. Um, but I don't really think you can complain about the scoreline. Uh, honestly, the Jets never should have been in this game. It was only thanks to the Oilers almost blowing it that Winnipeg even had a shot at this. So, yeah, my, my general takeaway on this game was the Jets were just bad. Even though they had a really fun last 10 minutes, You know, you have a 60-minute game plus anything awarded in uh, overtime, right? The Jets only showed up for a sixth of the game, and that's just not good enough. I mean, no matter what happens, no matter what the scoreline is, you actually have to really have a full, concerted three-period effort, and that just wasn't the case tonight. Winnipeg kind of got smacked around for most of the game, and in the little bit of time that Edmonton sort of slacked off and, and got a little bit loose, you know, the Jets' finishing talent did kind of show up, but, you know, it just wasn't enough. And I really wish the Jets could understand that in a situation like this against a team like Edmonton that's actually been pretty good as of late, you can't go out there with a really sloppy effort and only play for like 10 minutes expecting a win against a team that's on a four-game winning streak that has now been extended to five. Winnipeg just didn't really have enough in the tank, and I, I wasn't really impressed with the effort. And, you know, despite the fun ending, you know, the Jets... Again, they've proven that they are still inconsistent and not really playoff caliber. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's just annoying to see this team have moments of brilliance marred by just about everything else that they do. But I'm kind of at the stage where I've set my expectations really low, so none of this is super surprising. And as the saying goes, it is what it is. Uh, The Jets have a game against Calgary on Monday, which should be fun. We'll see how the Jets handle an even better opponent in the Flames. I'm not expecting a lot, but, you know, maybe Winnipeg will surprise us and have one of their rare quality games against a real contender. For tonight's podcast, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked on Bets, your number one source for all of your betting needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. Locked on Bets, available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, and as always, it's free to follow and subscribe, so be sure to drop them a line right now. Thanks so much for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!